stay up to date on the green and gold all off season. The green and gold fix podcast is brought to you by Potawatomi casino hotel, luxury stay, elite play unwind in sophisticated comfort, win big dine and experience the events in Milwaukee. Backing on the Jesse Nelson show. You may know it as Wilde and Tausch. Uh, yeah, it's been a good day so far. Bucks game seven coming up tomorrow night. Matt LaFleur in attendance at Pfizer Forum last night. But before Matt LaFleur was in attendance. Hey, Jesse, what are the odds that you hurt yourself throwing axes? I'm actually starting to worry about you. Because you're going to be like half no. in, half out. I don't, nothing against you. I have not seen you uh, from an athletic standpoint. You're probably a really good bowler. You Thank talk you. about it all the time. I am pretty decent. Yeah. I'm nervous mm-hmm. that you're going to kill, you're going to hurt yourself throwing an axe. How can you even hurt yourself throwing an axe? Like, uh, you, you might find You a would way. have to throw it so badly that it would either like go straight up in the air and come back and land on your head, or you'd have to throw it straight down to the ground. But it's an axe. Like, I'm sure you have to sign. I'm guessing you have a monster waiver to sign when you go in there. Well, probably, but like yeah. you have to do. You, I've done zip lining. You have to sign a waiver when you go zip lining, and I manage that just fine. You've been zip lining any time yep. recently, Tausch? Uh, no, I don't think a zip line and me are a good combination. And with that, we bring in the regular host of Wildey and Tausch joining us on his day on assignment. It is Jason Wildey. Jason, you've been on a zip line or thrown an axe any time recently? Uh, neither. And I can't believe you're so flippant about your accident. You could drop it on your foot while yeah, you get excited about a yacht dunk that puts them ahead to stay to win game seven. Well, I'm guessing you don't like pick it up. Like best practice, I would assume with axe throwing is you don't pick up the axe until it's your turn to throw it. Like you just kind of let it sit there until it's your time to shine. It's like darts. You don't just walk around with the darts. Or do you? No, you do. Hmm. Your darts are your darts. Guess it depends who you are. Yeah. Um, Jason, are you bringing are you bringing your own axe like you bring your own bowling ball and shoes? Well, I, I'm not because it's my first time ever going. But I wonder if there are experienced axe throwers who do have their own equipment. Yes, I, I would I guess. Fairly confident that if you're a professional axe thrower, and I see it on ESPN. You're gonna have your own. You're not gonna trust another man's axe. You're gonna keep. You're gonna have your own axe, and you're not gonna have to grind it. <laughs> do we need to do a team bonding activity with the three of us? Do we all need to go axe throwing at some no, point? No, we're good. This is something we can manage. Bond. I've seen you guys a lot lately. I, a, a little, maybe in the fall. Maybe in the fall we'll do an axe throwing contest. That could be fun. Pouch, Pouch could not have said no faster. He he also channeled his inner Sophia Minard to say no in the nicest way possible, that he has no interest in any team activity with us. So that's great. Uh, Jason, how was Matt LaFleur yesterday? Uh, he was brief, 13 minutes. Uh, we won't talk to him again, at least um, publicly, until training camp is about to kick off. But uh, he says they've got one plan for training camp, which is great. Um, but... I uh, I don't think they know exactly who will be attending just yet. Maybe they do. Maybe they already know that Rodgers isn't coming or something like that because, um, obviously, if he's there, the plan would obviously change. So that's great that he says that they've got one plan, um, but they also have two offenses 
one that other people can run, and one that Rodgers can run. All right, so Jason, I I did not hear your question. You you missed part of the show to make sure you got it in. What did you ask him, and what was what was really eating at you that you wanted to talk about? Well, two things. I got two questions in. Uh, I had the last one, which was about Kurt Benkert, who um, I think he's got a long way to go before he's got the fan following of a Tim Boyle. But he was pretty good in the opportunities he had. He, You could see him get better and better from when he was trying out during the rookie camp to the last practice we saw, even though Love got most of the 11-on-11 reps. So I was really intrigued by him, and I think we're going to try and – have him on the show next week. Um, I'll try and schedule it for a day that you're on, much like when we rescheduled Cliffy to come back, which was a very fun interview that I caught um, <laughs> on my Alexa, which is amazing to be able to do that. I'm a huge fan of being able to use that and listen to the show. So those of you that haven't tried that, I highly recommend it. Um, so Kurt Benkert was one of my questions. The other one was, I am really intrigued by how they're set up for training camp because there's, as I said to him, there's good and there's bad, right? They're, the good is, after last year not having any off-season program on the grass at all, you have now had a normal off-season, right? I mean, a bunch of veterans negotiated their way into only coming for the a portion of the OTAs and for the mandatory minicamp and still get their – uh, workout bonus, so that's great for them. But all the young guys who needed the work got on-field work led by Jordan Love. So that's the good. And the bad is you don't know if you're going to have your three-time MVP or not. And so I asked them what are the challenges of that uncertainty and what are the benefits of having gotten the work that they got during the off season. Jason, Tausch and I were talking about this earlier. We all know LaFleur looks good, but – does he look the best of everyone involved in the Packers organization during this whole Rodgers standoff? Well, having learned my lesson last night, sending a text message when the game uh, was a five-point game, saying this doesn't look like a blowout to me, and then it ends up uh, with the final score being largely a blowout. I don't want to go against Tausch, um, but I thought you guys uh, made a very good point that right now he looks great. But if they start losing, it doesn't matter that the front office, I don't want to say ran off, but certainly is in uh, in an issue with Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter that. It doesn't matter that LaFleur was not the one who drafted Jordan Love, although I still think he more than signed off on that pick. What matters is that they're losing. And if Jordan Love is playing poorly and they're losing, it doesn't matter that the head coach was 26-6 and six. if they start 1-5 and five and Aaron Rodgers isn't their quarterback. He's going to get all kinds of criticism for not adapting, and maybe there will be some of us, myself included, that will repeatedly point out that he had planned for another year for Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers but didn't get it. Um, but he is going to get criticism if they struggle and Aaron Rodgers isn't there, even though he's been the biggest cheerleader for bringing him back. Yeah, and and Jason, that's where, you know, when we, we started the show talking about the quote that Matt LaFleur had yesterday, he's not being serious. Like, there's no way that he's just going to 
go in and we're going to run the same thing. Like we all know, that's just not true. He's going to make adjustments because he'd be doing himself a disservice, and he'd be doing his quarterback, and he'd be doing the other ten guys in that huddle a disservice if they just think they're going to run the offense the same way they did with Aaron Rodgers with a quarterback that we don't even know what his skill set is yet. So how? My question for you, because Lord knows, yeah, just, even on, on your days off, off it's unbelievable. Me. Days off, you can't Absolutely. just answer a question. You have to. It is a sickness, exactly. my friend. But let me right. hear what question you have. Well, how different was the offense from '07 to '08 with Mike when you went to Rogers? I mean, we've talked a lot about that summer mess, but how differently designed was the offense that you guys worked on throughout training camp? It was. In fairness, it wasn't that much different. Like it was not like we were reinventing. But this is—that's not the same scenario. We saw Aaron Rodgers play. He was going to be four years. Is that Aaron Rodgers had three years? He had played in a game that mattered in Dallas and played well. He'd had three training. He was in his third training camp. He'd had all those off seasons. He'd had so much experience in the NFL and two full off-seasons and a second training camp that he was doing in Mike McCarthy's offense that they didn't need to change a lot because they yes. knew what he was capable of. There's no way, based on one really good minicamp practice, that Matt LaFleur is going, well, we can just run the same stuff. I mean, there's, just, there's, there's no way in God's green earth that's possible. And so, yes, they may have the same uh, singular plan in terms of what the practice schedule is going to be and how quickly they're going to do installs and that sort of thing. But there's no way. And he, what's funny is he said, because I asked him this like two weeks ago, if there's kind of a, a, a version of the offense if Aaron's back and there's a version of the offense if Jordan Love or Blake Bortles is your quarterback, and he basically said yes. Because how many times have we heard either Mike McCarthy – or Matt LaFleur say there's the offense on paper and there's the offense the way Aaron runs it. Yep. Those are two different things, and it'll be different with Jordan Love running it if it comes to that. Yeah, and that's what that's why I don't understand why he said that, because we all know that what you just said, that there's one way the offense is drawn up and there's another way you actually go out and execute it when you have a quarterback with that knowledge base. It's not an indictment of Jordan Love. That he's not, not at, at that point. He's not fifteen. He's not a sixteen-year veteran in this offense. So I, that's the part that I guess I I don't understand. Jesse thinks the coddling Jordan Love too much. Some coddling going on. Why would you make those? Con- I guess I'm just always curious what the motivation is for why you say those things, even though everybody that can see is like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's that's not true. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that in fairness to Jordan Love, he probably deserves to be coddled a little bit. I mean, he's being, whereas Rodgers, I think you knew, was ready to take over by the time, you weren't thrilled when he was picked, but by the time he ascended to the starting job and everything else, I think you guys had a pretty good idea of what he was capable of, and you had seen Brett struggle in cold weather multiple times, so maybe even some guys thought, hmm, this might actually give us a better chance. In 2008, turned out you guys went six and ten. Jordan Love just—he's not ready. Like I—I I know they're trying to shift the narrative gradually, but remember on draft day, 
the guy who drafted Jordan Love said he's got a long way to go. The head coach who will have to alter his offense if, in fact, Jordan Love has to be the opening day starter, said he's got a long way to go. And after he had a great minicamp practice, I mean, he was phenomenal. The head coach, if, if, if we're being honest, leaned much more toward dismissive than effusive in terms of his praise. And so, yes, I know, you know, not want to, maybe coddling Aaron Rodgers' feelings factors into that as well, but you know, I I still think I thought he was going to rave at least to some degree to give Jordan some very public praise. And when he didn't do that, uh, I wondered how much stock he was putting in one good practice in shorts and T-shirts. That's on the head coach. That's not on those of us that watched because everyone that was on the sideline was buzzing. And so were the assistant coaches as he played that well a week ago Wednesday. Jason, even on a day that you're off from the show, you still managed to help us be off the clock here at the top of the hour. So we have to let you go. But thank you so much for taking the time and joining us this morning. Hope you have a great weekend. I am uh, thrilled to report that Paula's hopefully final surgery is over. She's in recovery. I'm going to pick her up. So thanks for uh, stepping in to the breach for me, Jesse. I appreciate that. And I can't wait to talk to Cliffy next week about how much more I like our house than the one that he wanted to sell me. Can't wait to hear that story next week. Uh, and anytime you need me to get more airtime, Jason, I appreciate helping out. You know, well, it's, it's my pleasure. I, that's why I was reluctant to even offer to come on because I know I'm cutting into your airtime. Thanks for covering for me, guys. You guys are the best. I love you guys. Take care. Be good. <laughs> that's well played. Is, is it weird that that makes me more uncomfortable than when uh, Favre said it? No, because I agree with you 100%.